Peter Pan. But yeah. at that time, it, Peter Pan was a girl playing. I Peter do Pan. remember. I don't know if it was Disney. I think it was like a Broadway play. But Mary mm-hmm. Martin, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, singer right. Mary Martin was yeah. like Peter Pan. That one was always weird to me. That confused me as a yeah, kid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, well, it, it's, it's just mainly because that. Uh, that petite women uh, do can uh, get away with playing. That used as, to be pretty as, common. As, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're playing, well, you're playing a boy. You're playing a little boy. You're playing a teenager, right? You're supposed yeah, to be. Well, mm-hmm. So, so, so you need the higher pitch voice and things like that to well, signify not, the boy. And but, not only that, but like, I think Peter Pan was always supposed to look. He had the tights and like the. Yeah. Like he was supposed to look sort of like a fairy guy, like flying around, right? And I guess that would yeah, sort okay, of make yeah. sense. Yeah, with elf ears, he's supposed to be very young and boyish looking. Doesn't he have like elf he ears? He does have elf ears, doesn't he? In does the cartoon, well, in mm. the in the original play and cartoon and stuff, I think. Yeah. And then in the movie Hook, when they show his uh, illustration in the book, yeah. he has elf ears and he's like yeah. holding his hands on his hips. Yeah. But again, digress. Part, part Peter, part Pan. <laughs> <laughs> like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> That's right. Or Pan the God. Yeah, Pan god the Pan. like Greek god. Yeah. So okay. All right. So, so on that a, note. So he's a demon. Just you know, don't let your children watch this demonic film. <laughs> <laughs> we've taken it to the wow. to, we've taken it to religion wow. uh, through Disney. <laughs> we've gave through the fires cool. of Disney into a religious subject. So now we can segue into our episode. And on that note, here we go. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And we're here to do it in person. Yeah, you've been waiting for it to come back. All right. So well, we have not been physically together for a little bit. We've yeah, done the last couple of episodes. Uh, we've done mm-hmm. some uh, live streaming. We're trying to we're yeah. trying to get our style down for the live, the non-live. What would you call it? Non in person, but still yeah. live, uh, non-streaming record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could say Zoom thing. episodes, but we're not using Zoom. So I don't know what you would call it. We're just remote recording. Yeah. Remote recording. But it's something that a lot of podcasts, that's all they do. So we've been blessed Mm -hmm. to have so many in-person episodes. Yep. And I am glad to be able to join you guys again this Mm -hmm. week. So we've been, we've had a lot of scheduling stuff, but we're finally back to it. Mm -hmm. And I will say that even though I liked our Forrest Gump episode where we first did a movie like this. uh, Yeah. It, the recording was a little rocky. It was one of our first like kind of remote That's records right, like it this. Was. So it'll it'll be interesting to compare the two when we get back when we get down to it. So okay, you guys obviously have read the uh, the title of the episodes. We are talking about we're talking about signs. The movie Signs. Uh-huh. Okay, be- before we move any further, I gotta say the one thing that really stuck out to me with Signs was the fact this movie came out in 2002, mm. which means that this movie is 19 years old. Yes, it oh, is. Wow. I have very specific memories of this movie because at the time we lived in a house where the entertainment center was all in the basement. So it was mm. very dark. I remember just being like, <laughs> I, was, I think it was one of the first ones I watched on like when we got like a new flat screen TV. Right. And. Yeah, I will say out. I will say this right here and now, um, to the people who are listening to this who have seen signs, you are probably in. You know what? There's two groups. 
<laughs> group A, group one thinks that this movie yeah. was pretty good and scary. <laughs> it might have had a deeper meaning. Now, when they see a movie like this, what they think to themselves is, hmm, this is more than a movie. This is an experience. <laughs> now, group two, when they see a movie like this, they say, this was another M. Night Shyamalan crap fest. <laughs> <laughs> All right? That's so true. This is, um, now, yeah. that quote I just did <laughs> will come in handy later yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a parallel to the, to the good quote. It's it's one of it's one of the good ones if you're a person who does not enjoy all of M Night Shyamalan's work. I think some are questionable. To, okay, so to a lot of people. So, but this is one of his best. I would say the characteristic it's, it's of M Night Shyamalan is the twist, right? So he yeah. always needs to have a twist. What a twist! So he he relies on that twist, and mm-hmm. um, he 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 is still making films. He's he's still doing uh, all kinds of stuff. But um, this was, I believe, right in like the. I would call signs for some, not forever. This is this is this is a opinion of some that signs was the last step before they started going downhill. Yeah, because like the village was like right after. Yeah, some people would call this the water boy. <laughs> for <laughs> Waterboy is to Adam yeah, Sandler okay. as Signs is. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's. Although I think I think Shyamalan can still make a good one. Um, if you haven't seen Split, that one's really good. And that's Split's from like, really good. That's from like 2016 or Split, something. Split, yeah. Split really, um, yeah. Split really took a took what was his style, and he really pushed himself to do like a clear like. Th- thriller horror yeah type like yeah. really uh nerve-wracking anyway so th- why are we talking about signs we will talk about that in a minute but first we're going to do some worship as we always do yeah buddy and uh because we are doing these kind of in a in an awkward order uh for the last couple of episodes uh, uh we, we haven't picked out a song ahead we haven't of time. we haven't picked out a song ahead of time but what we're going to do is uh just Leave it to the worshipers, uh, those that that team of worship guys. Uh, just let them do their thing. We're just the podcasters here, so. and here they are. Where is both of them? Where is with? <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, here is Zach and Colin, uh, yeah. playing, being led blank. by the Holy Spirit to pick a song, and let's worship. Here it is.
Daddy, we're so thankful for this opportunity to, to be together, um, to record this episode in person. Um, fills my heart with joy. Um, I ask that, that uh, you take this time and that you use it and uh, that you bless it, us with it, you bless our audience with it. Um, help us to see you in a deeper way. Uh, help us to, uh, to uh, explore the world that you've given us um, and help us to, to see uh, meanings uh, where, where they may not always have been obvious. Help us to, to, to recognize when you're trying to act on our lives. So uh, with that being said, we, we praise you and uh, thank you for this chance. Here's us and we pray. Amen. 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 Good prayer. <clears throat> so we're talking about signs. Now, admittedly, this is probably a movie that not everyone has seen. Um, uh, so so, so let's, let's go and just recap it just a bit. So this is a movie that, on the surface, looks like it's about crop circles and aliens coming. Yep. Um, it involves, un- unlike other movies like Independence Day, I really appreciate the fact this film revolves around really one family experiencing this worldwide event. It's it's, it's about one simple basic family, true. Not, not super special. They're not like like massive airline pilots, the best in the world, or 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 or, or have access to the president of the United States, or or anything. Like that. This is just a normal guy, um, and his and his family as as they're experiencing this worldwide event that's taking place. There is that part where Mel Gibson punches the alien in the face and says, "Bam! Welcome to Earth." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but but it, uh, but it it does in fact star Mel Gibson among others. Um, he plays an ex reverend. Uh, of, of the Episcopal uh, priest um, who uh, is trying to care for his family. Um, he has walked away from his faith, and throughout the movie we find out why. It's because of how his, the fact that his wife was, was killed in a, in a freak accident just walking down the street by one of their neighbors. Um, and then he also has uh, two, uh, two uh, children, two young children, um, uh, a boy and a girl, and, and his, his younger brother, who have um, almost Walking pro... Yes, a, 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 almost pro a baseball star. He was a he was like a double a double A ball guy, like who was minor on his, league on his way to yeah. becoming yeah. a pro. Yes, but he but, was in the the but, farm system there. Uh, and also, he's only there because of the death of the wife. Yeah, yeah. He the, the, moves the, the, back in with his brother on the farm after yeah. that happens. There to help take care of the kids. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, I'll just I'll add on to that. Uh, just a real quick, uh, you know, it's a rural area, rural farm town. Yep, outside of Pennsylvania, uh, or there in Pennsylvania. A lot of mm-hmm. it is shot on location in Pennsylvania, and then some of it is shot um, in, like, this Delaware, like, farm reserve thing, but mm-hmm. most of it is shot in Pennsylvania, and you can just go there and find all the little fun little oh, that's cool. things. Some I saw a video of a guy who went there and just checked out all the little, like, roads and stuff. Like, that road where they shoot where the wife gets hit by the tree, yeah. you can actually just go and drive oh, through there. Um, so um, one of the things I wanted to add just to the story is and without doing any spoiling, it's been almost 20 years, but yeah, this episode will have spoilers, I guess it'll have spoilers. Yeah. Oh, Fair yeah. warning. 20 yeah. years of, of, I think that if it's a 20 year old film or close to, I think uh, you've worn out your mm-hmm. ability to not hear the ending. But um, so I would just say 
during the events of the film, uh, this main character, played by Mel Gibson, Graham, he struggles with, A, losing his faith, B, the resentment and defiance of his children, uh, the skepticism he has for both God and aliens. He tries to be like a reasonableist. Mm, yeah, that's Which true. is interesting about this film. He's, he's kind of resistant to believe what everybody's saying. He, he He's just like, it's a couple of punky, you know, it's, 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 Lyle Pritchard and the Lyle Wolfington. Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, uh, so he has to, he he deals with the skepticism. He deals with the the kids' resentment. He also deals with um, the the forgiving aspect of his wife's yeah. killer. Um, and so one of the one of the things they show throughout the film too is that like they kind of hint that he is avoiding seeing this guy. Oh yes, absolutely. So they say they talk about it. Um, yeah, they, the, so so the kid stabs the dog if you remember, or the dog is acting weird. And do you remember he, he, he but before he stabs the dog, the dog's like, oh, 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 and he's trying to give a uh, bow, oh, trying to give yeah, the dog yeah. water, and he's like, he's been acting weird. And then he said, you should call the vet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, but Be- his character, right, the one who yeah. killed his wife, is the vet. He's the vet. Yes, but they don't explicitly say that. You find that out because it's on the mailbox yeah. outside of well, outside of the guy's. Well, not house. only well, not only that, yes. but um, uh, not, not only that, but. In that scene, he's like, "We'll call doctor, whatever." And yes. then he goes, "He's not a vet." Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do- doctors. Yeah, he he, doesn't he work calls with a, He calls like a. I was like, well, he'll he'll know what to do. Yeah. yeah, and so all so that is another aspect is that the whole movie he's kind of like avoiding, and then they have that scene Absolutely. where they go to the restaurant, and yeah. he kind of looks like he's going to come in, and then he turns around, and, and you leaves. see that it's M Night Shyamalan. It's M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> so so um, this is just that is just a summary of the film. We're going to yeah. get into just like we did with the um. Forrest Gump, uh, kind of like I think the template works well no. is to talk about subject so, matter. So M Night Shyamalan not only killed Mel Gibson's wife by in this falling film, asleep at the wi- at the wheel yes. and like drifting over. Yeah. So, but many many audience members would say that M Night Shyamalan also dis- killed their childhood as well. Ooh, womp womp womp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. No. Okay. So so. Well, so well, like I the, said, there's there are, there are critics out there the, the, who, the, the, who those, critique those this have film. seen Avatar: The Last Airbender would disagree with you. Some okay, <laughs> I have never seen that. Here's um, what people would argue: yeah. is that M Night Shyamalan made two. Like I'm I'm saying, in the avenue of comedy, Adam Sandler is the same as M Night Shyamalan. A lot of people yeah, say this. Yeah. What they say is yeah, Adam the Sandler early stuff is better. They say Adam yeah. Sandler made two good films: Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. And then he made poop, and so they say the same about M Night Shyamalan. They say he made two good films, Unbreakable and Sixth Sense, and then he made poop. I don't agree. I think that yeah. I think that Signs is also to, to, in our family yeah. household. I think that the main reason I like it so much, just before we get into the facts about where God is in this film, I think that the music score is outstanding. That is it true. Is out flipping yeah. standing, and I really like the um, the composer. Yeah. Um, he. Like okay, here's the thing you got to know about most directors in Hollywood, or at least before. Now things are a little different. Um, uh, is that the, any director a lot of times will just continue to work with the same music composer? Do you guys Danny know Elfman and Tim Burton. So James Newton Howard is the guy who does most of M Night Shyamalan's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So James James Newton Howard, I I would say is 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 great. Um, he's done other stuff besides M. Night Shyamalan's work, just like House. I think they're, the scores in a lot of the Shyamalan movies are good. I kind of remember like the music from Unbreakable being really good. It, it's good, yeah. especially in the part where he's kind of epic and like comic booky. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's great in the one scene where he like goes to the dude's house and falls in the water and then like kind yeah. of headlocks him at the end. And then it like does the whole flashback of him yeah. and all yeah, of that. That's pretty good. But um I this is one of my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies. It might be it's up there with I, I think Unbreakable might still be the number one, but it's up there. Um mainly because like Signs was so intense. Like mm-hmm. I think it was. It he did such a great job of just building pressure, not just in certain parts of the movie, and the rest of it is slow. The tension builds in a slow build that's consistent throughout the whole thing. It I makes agree. you more and more anxious yeah. for what's gonna happen. <laughs> that, that's true. It's oh, yeah. building up to yeah. the final act, which is the actual oh, yeah. invasion. I was watching it today, having seen it a dozen times or so at least. And I was still like nervous. Yeah, you know? but, I mean, yeah <laughs> yes. Which, uh, unlike other films, where like especially monster-based films, or like you know, you see the monster coming after you. Yeah. The thing is, you don't really see That's them true. very much until you, close to the end. And, and, and that builds so much more suspense. Um, I, 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 even though, even though some people call this scene dumb, I am a sucker for this scene, and Jessica is too. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it. The one where. Uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix in the closet and he's watching the, yeah. the news thing and it says uh, school children in Brazil. And then it's like he says something in, uh, I guess, Portuguese, like something, something for Roosties. It's behind. And then he just hear, you see and you hear the music go. Dun, 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 and then Joaquin oh, yeah. Phoenix is like, oh, no. And he like freaks out. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good scene. Yes. Yeah. But 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 like like even the spaceships like they they, they you, the lights in the lights. sky. Well, no, no, it, it, yeah, the lights. You don't actually see them. You only see lights. And during the daytime, you can't see them at all. But you have yeah. a bird that flies into one. Boom. It's, it's like he hits. Yeah. It's, it's like he flies into a brick wall and then and then falls to the you, ground with his face with his head smashed. You made it's reference like, to um, Independence Day. So, yes. So yes. think about think about at the time. So you said this was two thousand and two, which it is. Mm-hmm. Think about all. Or, or a good portion of the films that came out at the time about aliens or even remotely mm-hmm. close to aliens. Like in the 70s, yeah. in the 70s, all the way through until yeah. Signs, you had different approaches to the alien like story. There were War of the Worlds. So there's yeah. the War of the Worlds. No, no. So like, think about like, okay, E.T. is a family family mm-hmm. film, but okay. you see a, a spaceship crash down. You see all of his like yeah. uh, alien yeah. species and he like yeah. gets away. In Independence Day, you see uh, them in these like nasty suits and blah, blah, blah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you see them very early on, or at the very least, you even see the spaceships approaching. And so then, and um, it's like the first shot. Yeah, yes. And things yes. like and things and, like, and, and, like, um, like, like like welcome to Earth. You know where he opens it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you see him. You, you know they're not trying to be hidden at all. So in um in uh some older ones like Close Encounters of the Third Kind or yeah. War of the Worlds or any of these other ones. You you at least see like a ship or you see something, right? Yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I would say, is is fairly close to the same kind of thing where it slowly builds, but it's it's yeah. not as much horror as it is more like drama and suspense and stuff. Yeah. But Signs is one of the only ones I would feel truly depicts, like you said, Bob, the personal account of like one family and how like yeah. suspenseful it is. If you replaced aliens in that film with let's say, um, Let's say, let's say, for example, it was a like 
a, a gang of criminals and they were like yeah. coming to kill Mel Gibson and his family. Yeah. Like if it, or if it was like a Western and it was like a gang of guys coming to like kill them and come in the house, yeah. you, you could, could plot the point it the movie. same. That's true. But, but there is a particular extra added twinge about the idea that you don't even know exactly what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was criminals, it was mm-hmm. uh, rough riders or something. You'd be like, yeah. okay, these are people with evil intent. These aliens, you're like, and they even make a point to say, he's like, uh, I heard him in the bathroom and you hear like the feet knocking. Yeah. And then he puts the knife down to like see what's down there and you can't really see. And then yeah. he goes to lean again and the hand goes like, and he yeah. goes like, and he cuts the fingers off. Mm-hmm. Even in that point, he, all you get is what he describes later. He goes, I don't know exactly what it was, but I got the distinct feeling that it wanted to harm me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you get. Yeah. And it's because you have such little information and you just know they're coming yeah. specifically for them. That's what really ramps up, like you said, the anxiety. Because you're yeah. like, I don't even know what I'm dealing with. Yeah, you <laughs> don't know what they're going to do. I, I forget yeah. who said it. There, there is, there's some sort of famous quote out there about like the idea that, that you know, if, if you've got a killer who's, who, who you're fighting or working with, that I mean, that, 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 that can be scary. Oh, the but, devil you know. But but it's so much scarier to know that he's in your house and you don't know where he's at. Oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. just the suspense of just a, of the unknown. You don't know, it, 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 is, is it, should I stay here? Should I go down the hall? Is it safer to stay here? Is it safer out there? Mm-hmm. Where, where where am I safe at all? I have no idea. So fear yeah. of the unknown is another oh, yeah. good yeah. wrap up on that Definitely. is fear of the unknown. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Um, fear of so, the unknown. So, okay. We we are we can talk about this movie all day just like like how yeah. fun it is. It's not the it's not a I wouldn't give it like I wouldn't say that it is a well I would say it's a personal favorite. I would give it a ten out of ten just because I like it, you know. <laughs> but I would say objectively it's not like a ten out of ten. There yeah. are there are some plot stuff like the water People have griped him on that. People have said if he could, if the aliens can jump like 15 feet onto a roof and like not break a sweat, how come they can't kick open like a pantry door? How come they never invented guns or or armor (laughs) or a spacesuit to survive the water? He does break out of the pantry door. It just takes him a while. The the the, the alien that attacks Morgan, the 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 boy, he is the pantry door. He's the same one. He is. He is. Yeah, and he breaks through the windows that they had boarded up. Yeah. It, It just it just he doesn't do it. Immediately, it just takes him a little bit of time, yeah. and the idea of the water—I just—I one I, of the I, things I find that to be so annoying. Because here's the thing: we don't have all the answers because the story doesn't focus around the answers. The, fo- the story true. focus it's around a family. That. It's not science it, fiction it, per se. You, you, right. you, you know, yeah. Independence Day is about finding answers. It's about understanding and finding answers and right. solving the overall issue. This this movie's not about that. It's about the family dealing with this crisis. So you don't so, you don't get the bigger picture. You don't have all the details. So one of the one of the comparison movies that I've made and some people have made too is um, a Quiet Place. And the yeah. reason that a Quiet Place mm-hmm. has the same kind of suspense is because you're not really sure what you're dealing with 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 the other That's things true. either. You don't really. And see it's more the about the family. There so much you don't get an explanation of how they work or anything. They just kind of find out as they go. Right. Yeah. And so okay. Okay, so what I was gonna yeah. say that you mentioned, Bob, is the um, the 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 lessons of the family dynamic, mm. and the and the this unknown element. Um, I I think it's gonna be important for our uh, for what we're gonna be talking about because I think that a lot of people f- who maybe have not watched Signs in a while forget how much like biblical messages are in it. 
Um, and it's weird because you think of Mel Gibson now as like he has a lot of bad faux pas in Hollywood. And well, then, well, it's 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 like a back and forth. Yeah. On the one hand, yeah, he helped he created Passion of the Christ. That's right. I was two years that. after this film. I, I think that. it was. Yeah, it was. And on the other hand, he's kind of crazy in a lot of regards. Well, yeah. he's, he's just the actor he's in been this. Brought up on like assault charges, and he's, he's got just a lot the, of he's just the actor in this and film. And and yeah. Night Shyamalan is the director. But I just meant like some people like you know tear this tear this down and and. I just want to say, I want to say that M. Night Shyamalan, I don't know where he's at in his faith, but I think when he wrote this film, he was deliberately making a very clear message about uh, faith. Yeah, he was. And so I think that even he's though this He's talked is, about his Catholic faith before, I think. Okay. Yeah. And so and so this movie, even though it is a horror film and a lot of Christians well, may have written not, not it Not really off, horror, suspense. Suspense, not horror. I would say it's a horror movie You think for so? Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Um, so... I categorize horror in a different way than some. Some people, like me and... It, it, it's, it's not like a bloody gory horror film. Well, here's how I categorize it. You can tell me whether or not you okay. categorize it this way. I will just say, I I always assume that the genres films were categorized into ex, uh, ex, expressed the feeling it's supposed to invoke when you watch it. So if yeah. it's a comedy, you're supposed to feel you know humor and laughter and i feel great humor yeah so <laughs> but with a horror film you're supposed to feel fear mm-hmm. and i think that okay. in, i think in signs okay. if at the very least you are afraid at parts of it, the yeah it, it definitely builds now, suspense and anxiety as zach pointed out yeah. now suspense exclusively with no actual fear like if you just feel like a little bit of like trepidation for the people like oh, i wonder what's going to happen next like oh no they might be in a dramatic faux like pas a, like Hitchcock movies okay, or so, so, well so like 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 the sixth sense yeah this well the sixth sense has a very small amount of horror in it I wouldn't say it's yeah. you're right the sixth sense doesn't really do fear as much as mystery I would call it more of a they call it a thriller I think yeah. or a horror they kind of mix it yeah um I think that's the difference between a thriller and a horror film some people disagree with me including my friend Dustin who's a movie guy he has a movie podcast yeah. but um I think if it's a thriller, it's only invoking the thrill feeling and the suspense feeling. Uh, or if it's a suspense film, I think you can call Signs a horror film because it does have the uh, invoking of he- of fear when you watch it. Yeah. So that's that's where cool. I draw the line. Anyway, so let's get into this because um, I want to talk about the ways this movie has, has some lessons in it that are maybe... It definitely touches on some faith themes for sure. So we have uh, we have some categories here, like mm-hmm. I did with the Forrest Gump uh, one. Not quite as many as Forrest Gump because with Forrest Gump we went overboard and did like thirty categories. <laughs> so this we're going to touch on some of the more important ones. So yeah. I want to talk about. Let, I'll start with forgiveness, and then you guys can maybe take yeah, over and talk a little good. bit. So forgiveness slash guilt. So one of the elements, um, and these are not in like any particular order because they kind of are all represented like simultaneously throughout the film. But um, we're going to give some quotes and then some scripture potentially. So with forgiveness slash guilt in this film, one of the main story plots is that his wife has died. And as Bob made a mention to earlier, Mm -hmm. M night Shyamalan's character was the one who killed her. Ray. Now, right. You don't, I, I, I mean, in this case you would call it manslaughter, not murder. Yeah, because he fell asleep. Well, right, right. It, it wasn't not, intentional. It but, was it was not yeah. like 
but he didn't desire right, that's to what, kill her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. At the very, at the very, he didn't go to jail. It seems because he's because mm. be, well, because of the intent. The the intent was yeah. not there to harm her. See now, this is this is what I thought about that when I watched that today. I'm like, hmm, wonder like what if he ever got charged with anything. Well, this is what's interesting is that you can you can be. You can kill somebody in ignorance and, and be at fault in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, for mm-hmm. example, if yeah. you leave your child in a bathtub, right? And yeah, uh, negligence, yeah. negligence. Yeah. I don't. I, I, in in this case, even if, if if you fall asleep at the wheel, maybe you can charge somebody and say like you should have slept, you should have done yeah. whatever. But, um, but you're right. This is not a this is not an important plot point. But yeah. what I mean is that you don't really get any of those details. What you know is that the father's character yeah. has unresolved feelings which we all would we would have some very unresolved feelings about that is this like so when he talks to him is that like the first time he's talked to him yeah yeah since the incident happened oh yes yeah i think they kind of mentioned that it's not explicit but that's kind of the sense that i got this last time i watched it um so his character so he's been avoiding him like you were saying he's been avoiding him and i believe i'm trying to remember exactly the reason oh i know what happens he's at his home and he gets a phone call yeah. and when he answers the phone he doesn't hear anybody talking but he thinks that it's that character oh you, 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 you hear him say uh uh father and then and then that's it then it kind of cuts oh off. that's right that's right that's right he says father and so then he he's he kind of tells his kids and uh his brother I'm going to go over to, mm-hmm. I think his name's Ray Ray in the film. Yeah. He says, I'm going to go over to Ray, whoever's house. And they're like, why? And it's like, I think that was him on the phone. I think he might be in trouble. So he goes over there and he, I think he goes into the, to he's the building like initially. It's, it's a, it's yeah. a veterinarian's office. Yeah. He's like looking around the veterinarian's office. Then he sees him out in the car. And he sees, yeah. Ray is out in the car. He's got like all his stuff packed and he's just like staring off. And so, and so, uh, he looks and he sees that it, there's blood mm-hmm. on his coat or his shirt or something like that. And you really don't get to find yeah. out what happens to him. Yeah. But here's, but here's the quote. Uh, and this is probably the first time they're talking about the incident where he killed um, his wife too. Accidentally killed his wife. Yeah, no, there's no. And so, yeah. Right. And so, like you I told you it. before, he, they have, they had seen him, they had seen him when they were getting dinner together and he sort of about faces out of the restaurant doesn't yeah, like yeah. go in. Yeah. They they make mention of him in passing like in different ideas about like the veterinar- veterinarian and stuff, but nothing really comes of it. Yeah. And so yes, you do see their first interaction is M. Night Shyamalan and he says and I think M. Night Shyamalan acts well in the scene, yeah. so it's fine. He does a small part, but he does well. And and at the very, very end of talking about he says, I didn't know who else to call. I just saw your number mm-hmm. and I panicked and I called you. And he basically talks about how I don't think they like water yeah. Um, and it, yeah, and that he was going down to the lake because there, there's rumors that they don't like water. And he says, and he, and I think, I think Mel Gibson in his, because he's a good person, he, he, he has all these feelings, but he's still like, is worried about this guy. He yeah. thinks like something's wrong. Sure. Sure. And he's like, where are you going? Like, what's going on? And then yeah. instead of like, it's, he said like, what, he says, what happened? Uh-huh. And then instead of replying with what happened, he says this. I know what I've done to you. I made you question your faith. And like, this is all with pauses, of course. Yeah. And then he says, I'm truly sorry for what I've done to you and yours. And Mel Gibson, instead of replying, he just kind of like, like breaks down. Yeah. The way Mel Gibson acts in this scene is 
like really really good. It and he never hard. he never says okay I forgive you or anything. He just kind of you know he, he kind of gives like a half. Down. He kind of like under his breath says okay, but he kind of really... goes yeah yeah you know. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so it's one of those things like I've received that. I get that now mm-hmm. and yeah. we haven't even begun to like have this conversation, but that's a good, like that's, I'm glad that, you know, yeah, yeah it's a, there's all, there's, it's a starting point. There's a mixture of huge emotions there, but then he says, and don't go in my pantry. You know, I found one of them in there and locked him in yeah. and then he just peels out. And so uh-huh. this hard thing that's happened with, between the two of them, it's the beginning of forgiveness. So, yeah. Um, it's the beginning, you know, and, and of course, if we're talking about guilt as well. So I have a scripture that I want to read because I think this is interesting um, because this is easier said than done. In Matthew 18, 21 and 22, it says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77, yeah. 70 times seven. That's what he said. Uh, so what's interesting is, um, that's a goofy way of saying it, but essentially like forgiveness is so important to, to what Jesus is all about. And, um, it's a healing thing. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, yeah. we see in the film how much it, how, how, how hard his life is just like avoiding this guy. And you can tell like, um, Graham is dealing not just with like his anger at the situation, but you know, a certain amount of guilt as well. And I think guilt is a theme that kind of runs through this, you know, and if you're the surviving spouse of something like that, you would feel survivor's guilt, you know, the kind of thing, like, why wasn't I there? Why did I let her go walk out? It doesn't really like, or or why wasn't it me instead of, why wasn't it me? Yeah. People ask that question all the time. Forgiveness as well as like seeking forgiveness and um, kind of dealing with your own guilt are it's something that God does to heal you. You know, it's not about letting the other person off the hook. And I thought it was really funny too, because um, there's another like little hint at the guilt theme in this um, where he talks to the girl who's working at the pharmacy Mm-hmm. And she says, she starts confessing Father, I really got to clear my, I really got to clear my conscience. Yeah. He goes, I'm yeah. not a reverend anymore. Yeah. He says, Father, please. We're talking about the end of the world. I really got to clear my conscience. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And she's like, first I said F and then I said B word. And then she know, goes, she, she's he like goes, whispering them all, all under her breath. He says, and, I have sinned. I have uh, sworn, you know, he says like, uh, I have said curses like. Yeah, like yeah, she says she says that, yeah. and then she goes, he, she goes, is bastards a curse? And she he goes, use it in a sentence, and he says, she says, she, this guy is a, be, a bastard, or whatever yeah. for doing this, and he goes, it's a curse. And she goes, yeah. then it's not seventy, it's a hundred and twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's... but it's interesting. Like I don't, it, it seems like forgiveness, like forgiving others, and then like having your own guilt like being healed is really similar. Like it's mm. a very similar thing. It's like yeah. a release of guilt. Um, oh yeah. yeah. That oh, is yeah. something that really takes seeking Jesus a lot of the time. Like sometimes God is the only one who can help you through that. Oh yeah. 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 Well like just the tension of that mm-hmm. whole idea of that film, uh, the, yeah. that the film invokes is interesting because there's the, like you said, it, it, it I believe that Mel Gibson's character begins to heal the moment that's 
that conversation is happening. Yeah, definitely. Now, he's still cynical. Yeah. But mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't, like, wish that guy to die or yeah. whatever yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's a, that's a release of some anger and held up things. Well, and, and there's no doubt that at the end of the film, you know, when he's holding Morgan, it, you know, and it's, just, you know, this is, you know, this is why he has asthma. This is why he has asthma. As if he's associating, you know, why is my son this way? It was for oh, this yeah. purpose. You know, he's beginning to realize that, 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 that he's beginning to kind of, you, you see him kind of release and forgive God a little bit in yeah. that as well. So, and, and, and of course, at the end of the, at the very end of the film. Let's put a pin in it. Okay. That idea yeah, that you're about to we'll, touch we'll on. We'll be talking about that as it'll come. Yeah, together. I want yeah, to talk about that. Gotcha. I was so, associating the idea of you know him forgiving, you know, and working through his his issues with God. He as does well. have to forgive that, that, God. That, that, that forgiveness and guilt. He so does, yeah. So Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about the prayer, like little hints about prayer? I thought it was interesting how it talks about prayer uh, in the film as kind of like a sub theme or whatever, but. Well, There's the kid part... keeps talking about praying, but the yeah. but the dad doesn't. The want dad to. doesn't want to pray. Obviously, he's cynical and <sighs> still hurt and still angry with God, mm-hmm. as we eventually kind of find out. Yeah. Um. But there's the scene where they kind of make themselves a last dinner. I call it a last supper. A last supper. Now, <laughs> that mm-hmm. I believe it is an allegory because, just like how the it could next be kind of day a or yeah. the, the the night before the yeah, bad stuff's about to happen. Yeah, you know, the, the, it was it was obvious that that Graham didn't think they were going to make it to the night, uh, the, which is why you know let's yeah. let's let's do this. We're going to have whatever the Roman we want. soldiers were coming, so they make you know, take Graham away. The, the little the little girl wants lasagna. The boy wants um, French toast with mashed potatoes, and they make all this stuff. And they're sitting there, and um, I believe is it Morgan is the name of the boy, and yep. his little sister's yep. name is Bo. He says Bo has a bad feeling. Can we pray? And Mel Gibson goes, no. And he says, I'm not wasting one more minute of my life on prayer. Not one more minute. Understood. <laughs> and then... You wanted to eat, so eat. You wanted to eat, so eat. We made this dinner. We're going to enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> don't yell at her. <laughs> don't. Stop crying. And then he starts, like, eating all their... He's like, fine. You don't want to eat. I'm going to have a little everything. He takes some of the French toast. Yeah. Takes some of the mashed potatoes. Starts just shoving it in his mouth. Yeah, then he starts kind of crying. breaking down. And, yeah, he, just he just breaks down. Breaks down. They well, all break it's, down. It's, it's, I think for the first time in that scene, Mel Gibson is admitting that he is afraid. Yeah. And his kids are afraid, and they have to come together, at least in the unity of that feeling, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is that they are afraid of what's yeah. going to happen. And so, you know, uh, Mel Gibson, I think we're going to get into it about fatherhood and about mm-hmm. being head of the household, but I think in that moment he can no longer be the strong, stable foundation. Anymore. Yeah. He can't yeah. do it. So your verse that we put here is um, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so really just scripture talks about going to the Father in prayer. And, and don't be, not be anxious. Yeah. And that's... a. That should be a release for anxiety. Now, Mm -hmm. we all know that sometimes in our lives we'll encounter things that (laughs) might not feel immediately like prayer takes care of your anxiety. I know I have. No, Um, I know. Yeah. But I think that again, it's that relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. And the theme of that, this whole film is that he doesn't believe Mm -hmm. he, you know, it's, you know, it's funny and contradictory in a way is that I think that throughout the film, you are led to believe that he doesn't believe in God. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's I don't think it's true at all. Because later yeah. at the at the like the breaking point of his, he says, angry I hate, with God. He, he says, says, I hate, I hate you. you. I hate yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily he's kind of refusing to believe in God. Almost a, like a, like a petulant to. child or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. And and i I can relate to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've you've sat with me at like three AM oh, at the yeah. BCM. <laughs> you know, I I hate to bring this um uh, I, I can't help it though. Um, so I feel like that this film does so much better job of dealing with that anger with God and, and admitting, like not wanting yeah. to admit he's real and then finally giving in, admitting he's real. He does a so much better job of that than God's not dead. I knew did. that's what you were going to say. It does. <laughs> because, because that's exactly that where, yeah, where, where it gets to it. Like, so, oh, I thought you didn't believe in God. You know, this well, kind of this well, like, look, response. Look at the content but, of, of science, too. Look at the content of science. You right. could... But uh, it, it you, does it so much better. Right. So besides the cursing, besides the cursing. Yeah. I think, it could be on Pure Flix. Yeah, it could be yeah, on Yeah, just Pure replace Flix. Joaquin Phoenix with Kirk Cameron. Exactly. <laughs> and you've got a perfect Pure That's Flix right. movie. <laughs> so, um, so the... Yes, exactly. And you know what's funny is they both kind of have curly hair. I think they yeah. kind of fit the same... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They probably are close to the same age. Is I've Kirk seen... Cameron the Christian Joaquin Phoenix? Oh man! Did Kirk Cameron could, could he do? Could he yeah. pull off a Christian version of the Joker? The Joker. <laughs> but it's about sinful society. Everybody's just sinning. Um... He goes on like he goes on like a regular Hollywood like TV show like uh, talk show, but it's about like sinners. He's like, you know what you get. When you take a Christian who's been thrown into a society that sins every day, (laughs) you get what you gosh darn better get, sir. A prayer. (laughs) Let's pray together. (laughs) So, okay. okay. All right. And and I've let us completely down to a rabbit hole. No, no, it's great. Uh, But so, so the, the thing that I think is fun is that, um, it's genuine. And I think that was the yeah, point you made yeah, about mm-hmm. God's not dead is that it feels very cookie cutter and made for Christians. Yes. And very, yeah. very straw man. Very. Okay. It, it just, it just, yeah. it, we don't it, have it to bash isn't. it, but I think that the but, science, but, but, but it is, the, the, this one feels real. You, 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 yeah. you can understand where he's coming. You from. feel his pain. Exactly. Yeah. It, it just feels twisted emotions over the whole the thing. The writing is just done so much better and it doesn't, it, it doesn't sugarcoat. It. it doesn't, it doesn't diminish it. It doesn't try to, um, right. Try to tidy it all up. It just recognize right. that this is messy, and it's something we're actually trying to struggle through. But it's, it, it, it I don't. It just, it just feels mm. so much more real. So, so prayer. So the fact that the the Morgan's child is is wanting to pray, I don't think is a dig at his dad. I think that he knows that his dad doesn't like to pray. Mm-hmm. That's where the resentment comes from. The resentment, I think, from his his point of view, the child's point of view. Isn't that he blames him necessarily? Yeah. I don't think. I think that it's that in in some ways the kid is smarter than his dad, in other yeah. ways the kid's not as smart. Like he is disappointed with his dad, I think, for losing his faith, and I th- yeah, I yes. think he knows yes. that to some degree. Yeah, has figured that out, and he even says, "I hate you." <laughs> he goes, "That's fine." Yeah, during the last dinner yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes, "I hate you," and he goes, "That's fine." Whatever. <laughs> so like it's that whole like I've just given up anyway thing like I don't even care you know yeah. it's a it's a very hopeless moment but but it does make an interesting point about prayer in the movie because it's it's literally 
it's I think the distinction is it's not that he doesn't believe that prayer will reach God. I think it's the fact that he like is mad at God, so mm-hmm. he won't pray to a God who would we'll kill get there. his wife. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Okay. Bob, let's talk about hope for a minute. We already talked about the last mm-hmm. supper thing, I guess, but yeah. um the that hopelessness leading right into that. So what can what do you think the let's talk about the hopeless aspect of the film? Well, for I mean, him, just hope his... in general. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's obvious that, that that Graham, as being the main character, he, I mean, we're focused around him. He has lost all hope at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he's, he's lost hope in God. At, at I mean, from the very start of the film, or uh, that things would ever be good. Yes, and, and then and then you get to like what you call the Last Supper scene, where he's lost all hope in everything. But but you see this hope begins to restore as things become together, as he sees the pieces falling into place, mm-hmm. um, as he begins to accept the the signs around him. Yeah. And then you see it become together. And, it's, and it starts with swing away, Meryl. Meryl, swing away. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, and, and, and that and that's funny. because and, and you, So you yeah. see that coming back. And then the water hits the alien. He turns to Bo. Bo turns to him. And you kind of have this, this eye-locking moment. And he gets it. He gets why his daughter's been doing this. He understands it, it, all, all the things, the dreams that she that, the, that she claims to have been having, the feelings. It's like oh, he, he begins to realize what's kind of going on. And he grabs Morgan. He runs him outside. He's like, and then and that, at that point, he actually says to himself that he believes that his lungs were closed. Yes, yes. Yeah. This is why he has asthma. This is why he had asthma. You know, in other words, kind of bring the making, trying to make sense. Why was my kid born this way? Kind of idea. But but Not, in contrast, before that turning point, we and I, I don't want to read this quote yet. I want to read it later. But part of the whole talk he has with Meryl in, in the dark yeah. while watching TV. Oh yes, involves yes. hope. It does. It and, very much does. And so I have that quote further down, but the part about him saying he believes yeah. that we're all alone. Mm-hmm. And so here, uh, Bob, I'll, um, I'll pull this up for you real quick. Um, uh, uh, there, okay. I think it's, there is no one. Okay. Sign. Okay, real quick. Sorry. Um, this is what he, this is how he ends the conversation, which is why I think. Uh, it's just right there. It's like the link itself says it. You can just read that. There is no one looking out for us. We are all alone. So that yeah. that is the way he concludes that conversation. Yeah. We're gonna hear all, the rest yeah, on, of it later. on the couch. On the couch. This is early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what's interesting is. That is how he definitively ends his his feelings about hope yeah. is that there is no hope, mm-hmm. which yeah. is sad. Everything's worthless. It's all meaningless. You know, we're just on an on a, just a cold dead rock floating through space. And that again is why that, I that kind of mentality. I think you're correct when you said that this is a this is a much more real depiction of of you know loss and and just yeah. de- dealing with the anger with God. Anger yes. with God. That that that, that yeah. being the key factor here, and you know, losing faith and having that anger towards God. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think I think hopelessness is ta- is is one of the many emotions that comes along with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we we got, we got a verse here from Romans fifteen, verse thirteen. It says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." 
And so this idea yeah. that, that, you know, life is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. I mentioned before about how this film, I enjoy it because it, it takes faith in it. It doesn't try to put it into a neat, tidy little box. You know, it, it's realizes that life is messy. It's, it's hard to deal with sometimes. Um, and, but, uh, but despite all of that, we are, despite all the issues that we go through, that we're still called to have hope and to rely on God for that hope, rely on the Holy Spirit to come in and help give us hope. So that, well, this particular scripture is interesting in regards to the film, if you think about it, because it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he has decided he's going to f- kind of faux not believe or whatever you want to say. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of like saying, I'm not believing anymore. I'm no longer reverend. And that, because because of the way that this Romans 15 scripture is sort of explaining things, as a result of, of believing, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit will, uh, you know, uh, it will help, ab- it'll, it'll abound help in hope. It'll abound in hope, yeah. So yeah. I guess since he stopped believing, he, has, he no longer has the mm-hmm. joy of believing. Yeah. And as such, he may not have any hope, uh, you know. Now, I don't think... See, now, this is an even bigger subject we shouldn't get into about how whether or not you can lose the Holy Spirit or lose um, salvation yeah, from yeah. falling away. But I will say that, like, I think that this movie is trying to tell the viewer that God hasn't left him. Yeah. Oh, even, yeah. Even oh, yeah. though he has he has decided to, to, like, forsake God, I don't think God has forsaken him. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So, Zach... Let's talk about the loss a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously with um, him losing his wife, loss is a big theme throughout this. And it it does show the characters just dealing with that. Um, Rough times. Yeah, obviously. We've, we, every yeah. one of us has dealt with loss. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I can say that it it is sometimes hard not to deal with like feeling anger or resentment, you know? Even if you don't want to go so far as to say, like, I'm angry at God, it is okay to admit that. Um, I, I think that the resentment can still be there. And so um, those are things that you have to kind of deal with if you're a person of faith, you know, when dealing with loss. is like, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this to me kind of thing? But um, with the scene, obviously, where, um, where Mel Gibson pulls up and he asks the cop, he says, Caroline, is this the last time I'm going to speak to my wife? And she says, yes, it is. Like she leaves like him up to like yeah. explaining it. Yeah. That, that she is, she has been pinned and she is not going to survive. And the cop is sad for them too, you know? Oh, like of course. They're, she's, you know, a personal friend and knows them. And, I, I love know. her character a yeah, lot because kinda, of how much she stops by yeah. and kind of checks on she's him. She's a good character. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of also talks about, uh, Mel Gibson s- kind of speaking with his wife. Uh, there's a part where um, he says to Bo, what are you thinking about? And she goes, why do you talk to mom when you're by yourself? And he says, makes me feel better. And she says, does she ever answer back? He says, no. And she says, she never answers me either. So you kind of see a family kind of like dealing with the same trauma, you know? And, but, yeah. you know, and I know that, I know that's like a very heartfelt scene. 
Yeah. And that's a great quote, but right after that, he sees the silhouette of an alien. He goes, nah, 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 nah. And he goes, I think Lionel and the Wolfie Brothers are back love. <laughs> we just keep quoting that. I think Lionel and the I think the Lionel and the Wolfie, Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington boys are back. So anyway. Cool. So the verse that we had for this was Psalm 34, 17 through 20. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. Uh, he keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Now, this idea that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, I think, is so true. I and agree. so even when we're like in that stage, we might even say like we're angry with God. You know, mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean he's far away from us. That's right. I think I think this movie just I think the 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 thing is I see it through the lens of Christian uh, I see it through a Christian lens. Oh sure, yeah, of course. So if I was Graham and Jessica had passed away or something and I was dealing with the like resentment towards God which I, which might be a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Like if Jessica died like that, I might resent God too. But um um the thing is your human emotion about God mm -hmm. doesn't deter God. I think yeah. that God, I think, I believe that Definitely. if you are, if you are one of God's, um, if, if you have made that relationship connection with God, it's like having a, like a legit father, yeah. like who says like, Oh, just cause you're yelling at me right now. doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to still be there and stuff. Definitely. Um, but loss is hard. Uh, Jessica and me have always said like, we, we dislike this sentiment that Christians have sometimes. They're like, though the sorrow may last through the night, the joy comes yeah, in the morning. Yeah. I think, you know. There's, <laughs> You're like, yeah. no, it doesn't. Yeah. there's. <laughs> I found that there is a balance there because it's not natural to just pretend like you don't care. Like, Christians do grieve. Like, yeah. you can't just be like, well, you know, I know you lost your loved one, but they were a Christian and so they're in heaven, so it's fine. God just wanted them to be in heaven sooner. You know, that sort of thing. Or I hate it when people say God just needed another angel because it's not oh even my. theologically correct. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. you know, I yeah, think do that. I do think that there's a verse somewhere that says don't grieve as others grieve. Don't grieve as though you're without hope. Right. And so we it doesn't say don't grieve at all. You know, we still grieve. We just grieve differently. Zach, here's the thing. Everyone that dies turns into an angel, and then those <laughs> angels look out for the people that are still alive. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Cool. So, so for time, do you want to go down to where it says faith? Because I want to make sure we talk about everything down here at the bottom. Let me. I'll, I'll breeze through head of the household okay. and fatherhood really Sounds fast. Good. Yeah. So head of the household, um, I just wanted to make a point about, uh, and then fatherhood, we'll just kind of clump those together. I want to make a point about how much of a rock he tries to be for the family. Mm -hmm. Like a rock. And that he he is able to sort of like cope with the resentment his kids give him and the and his brother comes there mm -hmm. to comfort him. Yeah. Mm, but yeah. it ends up being that Merrill actually needs comforting from Mel Gibson because he's so scared. Yeah. And he sees Oh, Mel, yeah, 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 yeah. You you actually hear Merrill say that at one point in time. He, can't, can't, can't you just be like the be like you were? Just for yeah. a moment, and and you know, well, you I wanted to give us comfort. Well, yeah. I wanted to give a quote that I can actually quote. I didn't write it down, but I can quote this. He goes, 
after they come out of the um, the basement at the near the end of the film. Oh yeah, he says kinda... he says, "There's a few things I can take, yeah, <laughs> and a few things I can't." And he says, "One thing I can't take is seeing my big brother give up hope." And he yeah. said, "Like Ooh. the way your eyes." Oh man, he says something like. He says, like, the way your eyes were last night, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to see you looking like that again. And mm-hmm. the thing is that I think that he see, he saw his brother as this, like, and I think he mentions that, too. He says, like, oh, my, like, uh, my, oh, yeah, he says, my, I see my brother who is everything I want to be. Yeah. And so he goes on to talk about how Mel Gibson is, like, this, this person he really looks up to. But he saw him give up hope mm-hmm. and because of that he was just like I, I I hate I hated seeing you that way. So yeah. here's the thing about head of the household and I'll move on. He basically in the film stands as this kind of unaffected person yeah. who see like we as the viewer see him differently. But he tries to present to both his children to the police officer woman, to his brother, and to people in town as this kind of, like, sort of not really happy, but, like, not really affected person who can, like, kind of explain things away, be reasonable. But it's right at that dinner thing that he breaks down and just doesn't have that anymore where he's just, like, done or whatever. And so um, I just have a scripture from 1 Timothy 5.8 that says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And then uh, for fatherhood, same thing. I'll just read these. Proverbs 27 says, The righteous uh, who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. So like basically saying if a father lives righteously, his family will will be blessed by that. And then in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, mm-hmm. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying is that I think that even though he is struggling with his faith, he represents in the film somebody yeah. that is like a, a good fa- he's clearly a caring father a yeah, caring definitely. brother and there you go that's all cool so the movie awesome. the movie uh represents that well awesome and i think we could maybe lump faith and miracles together too because you got a quote under miracles yep. we should just go ahead and talk about this scene yeah, and let's do it probably serve let's do it so do you want to read that quote from uh mel gibson's character here? i can i can do that it's pretty good oh yes so oh yes um they're sitting there Meryl's yeah. distressed and he says like can you just pretend like it used to be and give me comfort and stuff and so here's what he says this quote to me is super impactful it's especially like one when of it comes the, back later it's one of the cruxes of the movie like, yeah so yeah. he says people break down into two uh, two groups when they experience something lucky group one sees it as more than luck more than coincidence they see it as a sign evidence that there is someone up there watching out for them Group two sees it as just pure luck, a happy turn of chance. I'm sure the people in group two are looking at those 14 lights in a very suspicious way. He's talking about the alien lights on the TV Mm -hmm. screen. For them, this situation is 50-50. Could be bad, could be good. But deep down, they feel that whatever happens, they're on their own. Now, we know now that he's talking about himself. Mm -hmm. He is group B. But he phrases it in a way to help Merrill feel better. And he says, and that fills them with fear. Yeah, there are those people. But there's also, there's a, a whole lot of people in the group number one 
when they see those 14 lights, they're looking at a miracle. And deep down, they feel that whatever is going to happen, there'll be someone there to help them. And that fills them with hope. See, what you have to ask yourself is, what kind of person are you? Are you the kind, of, are you the kind that sees signs, sees miracles? Or do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? And he and that echoes later at the end. Yeah. So the first time it's like quiet with like a little like very very subtle like ambience underneath, and the second time when it replays, it's like nee 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 nee. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> stuff's about to go down, and that yeah. becomes super relevant later. Yeah, which is oh, really yeah. interesting. I think the greatest yeah. twist in M Night Shyamalan's repertoire was that he put out a movie called Signs <laughs> that was marketed like it's a movie alien about crop signs. circles and aliens. Yeah, because yeah. I, I remember seeing the trailers for it. And I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good. It's a movie about like crop circles. That's cool. I've never seen a movie about crop circles. And it's M. Night Shyamalan. He did some good stuff. Yeah. And then it turns out it's a movie about faith and the signs. Of God's intervention. actually the signs of yeah. God. Yeah, working in your life. And so I thought that was pretty neat. What oh, a yeah. twist. It is a twist. <laughs> and, and so and so that 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 quote that we've been waiting to kind of reveal, I love the fact that he So so he goes on to say like, "Oh man, and, and I think uh, Meryl gives him a story about how he was going to kiss a girl at a party. Yeah. <laughs> he went to put out his gum and uh, she puked all over somebody else. Yeah. And he thought if he had kissed her and he had she had puked in his mouth, it would have scarred him for life. Yeah. And he said, so because of that, I'm a miracle man. Those lights what are a miracle. What a way to interpret <laughs> something like that. But that, that, it reminded me really of me. Weird. It reminded oh. me of me because I will like analyze a situation mm-hmm. or something. It, oh, I was yeah. like, oh man, this is, Meryl is definitely me. And I, I remember one time being like broke down on the side of the highway and like praying over my car and like yeah. then it started and I always saw that as like a sign that God was watching out for me. You know, when somebody else might have just seen it as just complete randomness. And this movie, <laughs> obviously, I think you guys know, because I've talked about this a few months ago, yeah. this movie was like, imp- the message of it is important because of my yeah. whole, like, how much is God influencing yeah. and stuff. Um, so anyway, uh, so mm. Zach, what about what about that? What about what that about idea? That indeed. <laughs> what about that idea, bud, for faith's sake? I think, yeah, it's, so one of the things that it reminds me of, um, and I I don't know why I just thought of this uh, this last time watching it, but it reminds me of how in the Gospels um, you always see these different characters encounter Jesus. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot many different times where it's making the point that the unlikely person ha- is the one who has the faith, and the person who's supposed to have the faith doesn't. So, yeah. like in this scene, Graham is the you know, even though he's a former pastor, he's still, I you know, I would assume trained in yeah. theology and uh, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he he's supposed to know his stuff. He's supposed to be a priest. He's got he's a man of the cloth. Right. You would think he's the one who's supposed to be like having faith, but he shows that he doesn't. He's in group number two. That's right. But Merrill, who's just kind of like uninitiated and doesn't really know much, and is just kind of like he's kind of portrayed as like a bit of a slacker character. Um, even though he's got a good heart, he's the one who s- interprets the information and sees the faith in it. And he ends up with the hope, you know? And so it reminds me of like, you know, like the, uh, like the centurion that we talked about before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, centurion's not supposed to have faith. He's just a Roman Gentile dude 
or like the Syrophoenician woman who like begs Jesus to heal her daughter. Um, they're, you know, Jesus always like uses them to make a point, you know, about yeah. like, look at that, look at this person and they have faith, you know, why not you? Um, so yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the contrast between the two groups is really, really interesting. Uh, cause the Bible talks about that a lot of different times too. like be a person who has faith, you know, not a person who just disregards it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why this scripture just popped into my head, but it makes sense. And it's that first Peter three fifteen that says like, always be ready to give defense to anyone who yeah. asks uh, you to account for the hope. Yeah. And confident assurance that you have. Where does your hope come from? And so it's interesting. I didn't put that scripture in there, but uh, that, that does come to mind when you were explaining yourself just then, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, faith is interesting because people outside of Christianity think that faith just means like vague beliefs. Mm-hmm. But faith is what's what faith is supposed to mean is the fervent nature of your belief, right? Yeah. Because Jesus says no one has a greater faith than this person that they yeah. would lay down their life for their friend. It's always a representation of the f- the fervent nature of faith that defines what faith is. Yeah. So when you lose your faith, I don't think that it means you have no faith. I think it just means your faith isn't fervent. Yeah. Like you have you huh. have you've gone to the almost no faith. That's a neat way of looking at it. Interesting. <laughs> like, how good is your faith? Hmm, not so great. Well, then yeah. you probably are mad at God right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so there's a few scriptures. There's some Hebrew scriptures. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we don't need to go through them necessarily, but um, essentially in Hebrews chapter uh, 10 and 11, it does talk about faith, but I want to read 11, uh, 1 through 3 really fast. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Mm-hmm. The conviction of things yeah. not seen, for by it the people of old received their uh, commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So I think what's interesting is that Graham doesn't see. Yeah. And the whole prophetic thing his wife goes through says, I want Graham to see. And I think nobody really even today gets the yeah. fact that she's saying, see the signs. Yeah. Interesting. Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean by that? And that's that's interesting how that relates to miracles, because a miracle is God visibly doing something. Yeah. And what's ironic is that uh, in the book of John, there's like a section that starts with the wedding of Cana, where he turns water into wine and goes through like all these different miracles, like right in a row. And traditionally, that section of the book of John used to be called the book of signs. Right. Huh. You know, because know because Jesus kind of like that. John kind of talks about who Jesus is in the first chapter and kind of like gives his identity away. Yeah. And then it goes on to like give a bunch of proof of it, like all right in a row. So, like, so what you're saying is, um, some people call it signs, but mm-hmm. you could call it the manifestation of God's effect on the earth. Yeah. It's like, a visible thing where God is, is doing something and it doesn't um, always have to be visible. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you could hear, you could hear a s- still small voice or, you right. could, yeah. or you could f- uh, have a I feeling of the Holy spirit. I guess what I mean by, by seeing is it's apparent to you. Oh, like right. it's something you can detect. Yeah. That's okay. You know? I got it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and what's interesting about that is, you know, in miracles, 
God is always kind of making right something that the world is messed up about. Right. So like healing somebody. Well, we know that like in a perfect world of what God really desires, like a garden of Eden, mm-hmm. like yeah. kingdom on earth kind of state, there wouldn't be sickness. So when God's healing a person, he's actually restoring them to like how they're supposed to be. That's right. You know? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I've, I've heard people before kind of talk about like, you know, okay, well I'm really sick right now and I'm praying that God heals me. But then sometimes people might say, if he doesn't heal me on earth, you know, I'll be healed in heaven. Right. Yeah, you right. know, and so that's that, another that restoration. That's another aspect of it too. Like that is still a miracle, you know? And when you read scripture, you see that like when we come, when we, when God's kingdom comes down and everybody's resurrected, you get a body. And for those who have faith, mm-hmm. who know Jesus, you get, you know, a perfect body that doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't get sick, you know? And so that's, that's a miracle too, you know? So the last the last thing I want to touch on, and then I mm-hmm. want to hear from Bob because we're we're following up with the miracles thing. I think a big major plot of this movie also is prophecy. And yeah. what I, oh, very much. And very, what I mean much. by prophecy is not, um, some character said, and it shall come to pass that on the third night of whatever, <laughs> you refer to the one who will bring balance to the force. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I mean is that when, when uh, it. As prophetic word or speaking in tongues or any of the ways that the Holy Spirit chooses to bestow gifts, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit to to the people uh, in the scripture, um, prophecy mm-hmm. in general terms is supposed to be a word from the Lord or a message or something from the Lord. And so what's interesting to me is that the wife... Uh, pinned to the tree, mm-hmm. she gives Graham a prophetic mm-hmm. word. Yeah. But at the time, it seems like mindless ramblings of a yeah. dying woman. Right. And not only that, but the daughter, from what Zach just yeah. told me recently, also has some prophetic. She kind of oh, seems absolutely. like she's clairvoyant. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's definitely signs of that. The water is kind of how she... Yeah. Lives it out, but she also, I mean, you know, she, she, she says, like, well, are she, you, are you well, in my dream too? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, she has all, quirks about the water. The reason that the waters are all around is because she seems to have a weird, uh, she seems to be almost OCD about yeah. things floating in the water or tasting weird. And so she drinks a little bit and just leaves them out. Well, it seems that way, but I think, I think there's actually, if, if, if not, if not consciously, then there's definitely a subconscious part of that prophecy of okay. knowing the water needs to be out. I don't know why, but it needs to be out. But so, so there's that mm-hmm. be, for, for a lot of them in a way, because yeah. it all really does come together, but you're, you're onto something. Mm-hmm. So what I'm talking about, um, so I won't read the scripture cause it's a little long. I'll just say that in second Peter, it talks about how the, a prophetic word does not come from man, it comes from God. And so that is apparent throughout the scripture. Mm-hmm. So when you get a word, you shouldn't rely on your own understanding, but just like allow yeah. God to speak through you. Yeah. So um, one of the things that Bo keeps doing throughout the movie is saying the g- little girl, she says that she has dreams or she has bad yeah. feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Jessica, Jessica I feel like, relates to that in some ways. Sometimes she'll say like, oh, I had this bad dream and I think it means something. And so... Uh, one of the times when the kid, they're down in the basement and the kid has an asthma attack, Bo says, I dreamed this. And she's like, mm-hmm. has this stark terror on her face yeah. as if to say like, oh no, it's all coming true. 
And then um, she says something like, um, I don't want you to die earlier in the film. Yeah. And, and, and Morgan's like, what? I'm not going to die. die. So, but then, yeah. but then that true scene mm-hmm. where he gets poisoned happens mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, she, yeah, yeah she, she's like, she's like, I'm, I, it's, it's obvious that she's reliving this. And when and, the poison and, comes out and the kids knows she screams as if to be like, yeah. Like I understand this because I know what this yeah. is. Well, yeah, well, I saw this. Yes, but yeah. it's it's also obvious that she only saw part of it because because obviously he, right. he, he he lives he survives. But what what she thinks she's seeing is she thinks she's seeing her brother die in front of her eyes. Yeah. So um so the um the 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 quote that we'll finish off with our last movie quote will will be from the wife who says, "Tell Morgan to play games. It's okay to be silly. He's very serious." Uh, and then Graham, the husband says, I will. And then uh, I, that's, that's, I'm just saying I'm commentating on the, the quote yeah. because the, sure, sure. The, the child is very serious in the film. So she says, play, uh, tell Morgan to play games. It's okay to be silly. And Graham says, I will. And then she says, tell Bo, the little girl to listen to her brother who will always take care of her, which is again, true. It's like, you see that in the film third, uh, I will. And then, you know, from Graham and then Colleen says, and tell Graham as if to say, she's speaking about him in the third person, even though he's standing there. Um, and he says, I'm here. And she says, tell him to see, tell him to see. So she repeats it twice. And then she says, and tell Meryl to swing away. And so he interprets that as she's just dying and, and random memories are popping into her head. And she tells the brother that in his kind of like skeptical, kind of like, mm-hmm. de- you know, hopeless, mean interpretation of the events. But then at the end of the film, he sees all of it come to fruition in such a yeah. way that he knows that it's impossible that it was anything else yeah. than some kind of prophecy of mm-hmm. what was to happen. Swing, swing away, Meryl. And the bat <sighs> happens to be right there. Oh, man. Yeah. He pans. Meryl, swing away. The way that the camera pans on that, he, it, yeah. it, it's the camera is showing you Mel Gibson's face up close, just like staring at this alien. Mm-hmm. And it does the flashback in that whole scene. And then you hear after that, it transitioned to, so you gotta, you know, uh, ask yourself this question. Are you the kind of person that sees signs, sees miracles, or do you think people just get lucky? And Mm -hmm. then uh, the camera pans in the reflection of the TV. So you see the alien there and it pans over and you see his eyes pan over and you see the bat and it says 507 foot Homer uh, by Merrill, whoever. And Mm -hmm. he's like, and he's like, (laughs) swig away, Merrill. You're like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) And I love it. It like zooms in on his hand and he goes like, around the bat I'm like yeah <laughs> let's go and you, you hear like he, he goes like boom and you hear he's like and he's like yeah. getting all messed up I'm like yeah Joaquin Phoenix take all your anger out it's such yeah. a great scene I mean he messes him up pretty good even without the water but yeah, the water no, just, really burns him yeah he he probably can you know if if that alien can get concussions it probably yeah. had a few concussions <laughs> but it also was burned to death by acid water yeah. <laughs> um, so, so here's what I think. I think that in before Bob needs to continue, and then mm-hmm. we'll finish out. But I do think that the prophecy aspect of this film is left relatively vague, with the idea that the audience would at least understand that it all comes together with her with the things she said. Oh yeah, but oh, I don't yeah. think I don't think if you're a non-Christian, if you're just like a casual viewer, a horror fan, horror movie fan, you just watch it uh, on face value. I don't think you really dig into what he was saying with that. I think what he was trying to say was 
which to me was what hit me so hard about the movie is that the whole film, Mel Gibson's character interprets his wife's death and all those events as the, as basically it's either random or God is punishing him or it has to be something else other than that. God has like a, like a plan that he can't see how God could use it for good. But you also got to remember it took time to, to, to get from his wife's death to the alien invasion. Exactly. And so so there's a massive gap there of questioning everything that mm. yeah. that the, the, the we as humans we we struggle with. We struggle with the patience of of in the in the silence mm-hmm. the patience of the silence. Yeah. That, that that that's not always not, everything doesn't going to happen right away for you. Yeah. Right. So so that was my last thing. I think that prophecy plays a big yeah. role. Bob, what do you have on the finding meaning in circumstances as we are taking out? Swing away, Bob. Yeah. Swing so, away. so, so one thing I found very interesting about this about this film is the fact that, especially when they when they go to town, you begin to see this is that is that everyone in town is trying to find meaning in what is happening. Mm. You got a shop owner who sees it as a propaganda campaign by soda companies. Eleven uh, commercials so far. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to the pharmacy girl who thinks it's the end of the world, to the military recruiter who sees it as an, a military operation. And, and so, so much of this movie is about finding meaning. And not everything can necessarily be, uh, as I mentioned earlier about the faith idea, it can't always be explained in a clean and tidy way. Wait, wait. So you're, you're forgetting one or two, and I'm just going to mention them briefly. Okay, so Graham, he immediately tries to reason it away as, right. as a pessimistic a look. Yeah, it's Very much, he has a pessimistic viewpoint of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The children almost fetishize it or fantasize it a little bit by like wearing the, uh, the foil hats. Yep, yep, the tinfoil hats. He's like, oh, th- I read it in a book, uh, this and that. And it's and and he, the dad, says, see, this is the problem. Once this kind of thing happens, people get obsessed. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but, but he's saying people get obsessed while... Things that are happening that he can't explain happen, which is funny. And Walking Phoenix predicts the year 2020 by being glued to the news 24 hours a day and yeah, can't right. stop watching it. That's right. So, so oh my goodness. Okay, so right. So anyway, I'm sorry. It's just that yeah. the you, yeah. the main characters also yeah, have yeah, their yeah, own yeah, uh, absolutely. way of explaining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so they're all trying to find meaning in what's happening. They're all trying to understand and explain it. But it's it doesn't but it doesn't always happen in a neat and tidy way. As I mentioned before, earlier, you know, this idea of like in other films like Independence Day, where you get an inside view of those who are who have it, all the information of what's going on, and you know, the, this is from an average person's yeah. perspective. And the average person, we don't always have all the information. We don't even right. know what God's working answers. on. We don't. We don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but but everyone's still trying to find meaning. And I found that to be quite intriguing about this film. Um, and so, but at, and in the end, that Graham chooses to see meaning in the signs that are happening around him. Yeah, he ends up kind of seeing that God was working, and mm-hmm. that's what restores his faith. And I think he even says, like, that's why Morgan had yep, asthma. Yep. Exactly. You know? Yes, yes. That's why he had the asthma. That's why he had the asthma. Yeah, so he wouldn't ingest that wrist poison from yeah. uh, the Green Goblin style mm-hmm. alien. <laughs> yeah. I always thought the alien looked like the green goblin. He does in a little way, a little bit. Uh, I mean, they tried to make it a what do they call it? A tall green or a tall gray? They tried know. to make it look kind of close to that with a little the more gray g- aliens. Or yeah. well, like they have all oh, these yeah, different yeah. names for aliens. Yeah. So the uh, they tried to make it green, obviously, but they gave it some attributes that aren't typical of like alien invasion attributes. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll have bulbous heads. These had slightly bulbous heads, but it was more like they were camouflage, yeah. pig nosed. Yeah. Uh, Jaggle claw. They were kind of muscular too. 
Yeah. They weren't like little. What does the cop say? She says, are you even sure it was a man? And they go, yeah. it's very dark. And she says, because I've seen some of these uh, African uh, Olympians. No, no, the, 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 these women Olympians. Oh, Norwegian. They, they got these Scandinavian women that can jump over my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. She said, uh, yeah. that can jump clear over me. Oh, yeah. it wasn't Africa. It was Scandinavian or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But, but, and she but goes. She was definitely talking about women. And, and he goes, and he goes. Besides the fact that a Scandinavian Olympian uh, jumped on a roof last night, what else might be a possibility? <laughs> She's like, I don't appreciate the sarcasm. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, she also mentioned that that like some stranger came in in the local diner, Spit, uh, spitting all over the skateboards. Yeah, spitting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, and that uh, I love her character. She's so good. <laughs> oh, Caroline. So, um, and you know what? That's another thing yeah. too about the movie. I felt like was really genuine. I felt like a lot of times when I feel like a lot of times when when Hollywood tries to recreate the South because all Hollywood is very much not the South. Well, it feels like two different worlds. Pennsylvania, but still the rural small town. But right? it, it, it felt like it, it, it felt like a town cause we're living, we live in Kentucky. I felt like that yeah. town could have been in Kentucky and that uh, yeah. sheriff could have been a real person. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, you know what? I believe that, the, that this is a, yeah. a place like sometimes when it's created Incorrectly. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Bob, continue about your uh, no, 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 no. The, that, the, that was the end. That the, was the end. I, I just, I was pointing out the fact that that it's struggle that, that, that in life, the struggle for meaning is is and, very real, and and it's, that's it's, true. It's an issue yeah. that we always that we all always try to find when, when when things happen in our lives. Why did it happen? What is going on here? Why did it? What, what what's really taking place? And and yeah. the, more importantly, the why. What is the purpose in God's plan with all this? So, so we saw we saw Graham kind of go through all of the uh, the all the grief, all of the the hatred, all yeah. of the unforgiving feelings. But it's funny because we can look at that film as Christians and say, like, if if his example is something for us to learn from, it would be that in those moments when we think that things are grim and that like God is like not on our side anymore and looking out Mm -hmm. for us, Mm -hmm. we can remember that he is and hopefully feel hope and comfort from it and be able to handle situations and wait upon the Lord to deliver on whatever's next in our lives. Would you guys say that's a pretty good way to look at the film? Oh yes. So, all right. What do you think boys? (laughs) <laughs> all right well, stuff. <laughs> we, we are grateful for you guys listening mm-hmm. um and encourage you to check us out on patreon and to click get, away yep <laughs> <laughs> subscribe away yes and, all, and all, also um check us out on facebook engage with us over there we want to hear what your thoughts like are like away do, do, do you disagree with our analysis do, comment do you away <laughs> love you billy <laughs> thanks for being a fan <laughs> that's true uh, we never give Billy credit, but thanks, Billy. Billy you're our number one fan. Thanks. He comments a bunch, and yes, we really appreciate, we appreciate it. it. All right, we will catch you next time. Swing away, Marilyn.